This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. That's right, BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today, Wednesday, December 30th. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a man who absolutely knows who Jake Oldroyd is, Jerem Jordan. You know I do, but you know who didn't in 2016 this prior is crazy. to his famous neon-cleated kick to beat Arizona in Kleinstake's first game against Arizona? One, Ty Detmer. Steve Clark said, I'll never forget when he lined up a game-winning uh, kick in 2016 against Arizona's freshman. Ty Detmer said on the headset, I have no idea who this is kicking the ball for us. He nailed it. Now he's an All-American. Congratulations. And then uh, we got a, some response Ty from Detmer's Johnny. has got no time for kickers, all right? Listen, he's got a ranch. He's got to coach the offense, you know. And then yesterday we put out the uh, video from Johnny Linehan saying, hey, we got we to gotta get Jake Oldroyd uh, the vote for the Groza, right, for best kicker. Uh, Jake Oldroyd responded on Twitter yesterday, uh, Johnny, you pushed the water bottle a bit right, not going to lie. Got to keep the plant foot out. Nevertheless, grateful that you're my biggest fan and supporter. Hashtag build more bots. So Jake Oldroyd uh, bringing it yesterday. By the way, where do we stand on that? Is I think Oldroyd's still second. Is that correct? I believe I the updated he, standings. He's, yeah, he's second uh, in the voting first in our hearts. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm in uh, Vegas today, specifically Summerlin, as I make my way back. So I'm just hitting up stops on the way home. Maybe I'll stop in Fillmore and do the show tomorrow. I was going to say, yeah, will uh, you be in Fillmore? Maybe stop in Nephi? Maybe, uh, maybe Beaver after Sip- that. Sipico? You go, you go to Sipico? Wait, Scipio? I thought it was Scipio. Scipio, excuse me. Yeah, Scipio. Oh, okay. There's only like one thing in Scipio. Mantua? There's some weird Utah names, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, let's get to today's show lineup. Uh, will BYU football be in the market for new coaches this offseason with several Cougars names coming up for other jobs? We'll discuss that coming up. BYU basketball assistant coach Cody Feger joins us as the Cougars head to Malibu for conference game number one. Not a bad way to begin conference play, heading right near the beach. I've actually been to the the, uh, campus at Pepperdine. It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, We'll also preview the upcoming West Coast Conference hoop season. How many Cougars do we expect to make all WCC? And we play big deal, no deal. But first, let's let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's basketball opens conference play tomorrow at Pepperdine. The Cougars leave today. That game moved to 7 Eastern, by the way, on ESPN2, BYU Radio. Cougars have a five-game win streak against Pepperdine, but they have had troubles historically in uh, Firestone Fieldhouse there. Also, CBS Sports College basketball power rankings have the Cougars, get this, at 18th. 18th? That's incredible. Uh, Meanwhile, BYU 67th in Ken Palm. This is just... People don't know what to think of 92 BYU. It's so weird. How are you 67th and 18th in the same sport? It's it's odd. Yeah, there, there's nothing that is alike between those two numbers. And by the way, I just realized that I combined Scipio and Serpico. I think that's how I got what? there. Which, I don't by even the way, know what Serpico is. Serpico was a movie in the 70s. Uh, I've never <laughs> seen it, but I certainly know what it is, and I'm pretty sure that's how I came up with Sipico. All right, former BYU quarterback Steve Sarkeesian won the Broyles Award. 
given to the nation's yeah. top assistant coach. Congratulations to Sark. BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes was also named a finalist for that award. Now, Sark and his Alabama offense will face Notre Dame in the college football playoff semifinals coming up on Friday. That's pretty cool to have two Cougars as finalists there. That's great. Fred Warner is the NFC Defensive Player of the Week after his 14-tackle, forced fumble, fumble recovery, three passes defended in a win against the Cardinals' performance Saturday. He's the highest-graded linebacker in the NFL, by the way, according to Pro Football Focus. How about that? Highest-graded linebacker in the NFL, highest-graded college football quarterback. BYU guys, that's cool. Niners play my Seahawks this Sunday in a game that does have meaning for the Seahawks for playoff seeding, so let's go. The 5-1 BYU women's basketball team will be hosting Santa Clara this afternoon at the Marriott Center. You can watch the Cougars on BYU TV and the BYU TV app at 4 Eastern time. And Jimmer Fredette had 25 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds in the Shanghai Sharks' fifth consecutive win. Earlier today, he's averaging 25 a game. So good to be Jimmer in China. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. To nobody's surprise, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson expected to be a high draft pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Some even have him going as high as number two overall. But what if he decides to come back to Provo? Yes, sure, there's a chance, right? I mean, is there a reason, Jerem, for Zach Wilson to return to Provo? No. <laughs> uh, I'm going to answer also with a no. So how about we get on to topic number two? No, seriously. Well, I, before, yeah, yeah but before we do, um, the Cougar Tales, maybe? No, there's <laughs> no reason for him to return. Like, what is he going to do that's going to top what he's done here? I don't think he could be the best quarterback in the draft. Um, it, it's a great quarterback class, so I could see where you make that argument. But listen, Bjorn did not play a Power 5 team. And because of that, Zach and this BYU offensive line did an amazing job of keeping him clean, giving him time to throw, and he made amazing decisions. He took an, uh, you know, a massive step forward. He's the highest-graded quarterback in PFF. He's not going to be able to do that next year again. Um, seven Power 5 opponents in Boise State. You know how I feel about this. So, no, the iron is as hot as it possibly could be. Jump now, leave. In fact, to me, it'd be a mistake to return for him individually, obviously for the team dynamic, it'd be like, oh man, it'd be fun to have Zach Wilson against those seven power fives, but uh, no, 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 get, get the heck out of here. Yeah. I, I look, I don't, I don't, the only thing that I can come up with as a reason that maybe you come back and, and it's, it's not that we haven't seen this before um, is, is that may, you know, there are some guys that just enjoy the college experience. And, and if, as long as they have an opportunity to come back, they want to take advantage. We saw it with Matt Leinart was one of those guys that, that wanted and it cost to, him in the draft. It, it, it did, but that was his reasoning. He wanted, he just wanted another year in college. And so that's the only thing I could possibly think of. He was competing for a national title. Correct. You know, BYU's not. I, agreed. Like, but, I mean, yeah. they're, they're, that is the only thing I could possibly come up with as a reason to come back. Like, like you said, and, I, and I've said this a couple of times. I put myself in his shoes. And that's the only way I'm ever going to be in that situation is to put myself in somebody he has a else's larger shoes. Foot, I think. Probably, yes. Uh, the, if, you're, if you have a, a chance to be a first-round draft pick, honestly, even a, a second-round draft pick, you, you need to go, um, let alone being a top-five pick, certainly a top-ten pick. It, it's, it's, 
I just don't see any scenario in which the option of coming back is truly on the table. Like I said, unless he just wants another year in college. And and it's not unprecedented. It's certainly rare. But we have seen that before. I just certainly don't expect that to be the case. After the bowl game, I spoke with Mike Wilson, like Gil Brandt. And but Mike are you going to delete the me, tweet? No, I'm saying it on the air here. Okay, yeah, I guess can't he, delete uh, that. Mike joked with me, well, wait, uh, Zach can come back for two more years because this is a free year, and then he could break all of Ty Detmer's records, right? And I was like, Mike, you're, you, that's a funny joke. That's a funny joke. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I don't think that that's the situation, right? I don't see any reason for Zach to come back. Gil Brandt's tweet essentially confirms that he is leaving this is not a shocker. Uh, and by the way, this just in, Klein Stocky finishes ninth in the AP Coach of the Year voting. I thought he would have finished a little higher. Yeah, that's surprising. Given that's the way the low. performed. Perhaps because, and, and here's the thing. When you're a non-Power 5 team, your season hinges on the edge of a knife. Like if you're not undefeated, boom, you fall flat and you're recognized, but you're not the coach, right? So uh, Jamie Chadwell of Coastal Carolina ends up winning it because they almost went undefeated and they are coast of Carolina and what, you know, so, so would one yard have changed that? Honestly, would one yard have changed that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It it changes Isaac Rex to a first team all American as a freshman, um, all American first team. It changes uh, probably Zach Wilson from a non all American in some spots to a second or third teamer. Um, It, it, it changes a lot. It really does. Like, when, when you're Jim Fredette in basketball and you lead the country in scoring and you go to the Sweet 16, and yeah, it, I mean, it, you, have to, you have to do something extraordinary. And BYU came this close. Well, look, well, look and, and obviously we both think Kalani should have been higher, but, you know, certainly congratulations for being in the situation to even to be considered for this. And, and look, he got more votes than Dabo Sweeney. I mean, that's, that's not I, bad. That's not – look – yeah. I expected him to be higher than ninth, but that says a lot yeah, that Kalani's even in this mix right now. Right. And ninth, fifth, whatever. If you're not first, you're last. Like, you know, it's, it's okay. But it, it's cool that he's honored. But he only had two votes, you know, I, I, or two points. But Tom Allen of Indiana. Again, coach of the year is not who's the best coach. It's actually a surprise team of the year who is coached by this guy. That's what coach of the year is. We saw that with Damon Stoudemire last yeah, year. Who made the biggest it jump? It should have been Mark Poe. It should have been. And the coaching staff will not say this, but that did rub them the wrong way. Like It should they, have rubbed them the were, wrong way. And the fact that Yoli Childs wasn't a player of the year, that was, uh, you know, we'll talk to Cody Figure coming up about like 67th and Ken Palm. Does that rub them the wrong way? We'll talk to him about it later. Okay, topic two, which we do have another topic. Uh, is there a chance Kalanis Taki will be replacing multiple assistants in the offseason? Certainly. I mean, there's always a chance, especially when your team is as successful as the BYU football program was this year. I mean, the the name that you see at least speculated and in reports uh, is offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. I mean, his name was mentioned as a, as a possible head coaching candidate at Utah State. Uh, e- even more recently, his name is, is at least been put out there as, as a possible uh, offensive coordinator back at LSU, where we know he spent some time prior to coming to BYU. I mean, and, and if Grimes does get another opportunity, I mean, does he take anybody else on the staff with him uh, that he's formed a bond with? I mean, Eric Mateos. Yeah, yeah. Eric Mateos is a guy that he brought in. So, I mean, does, there's, there's a lot of things. And, and this, honestly, this is a good thing. Because, and Kalani's even talked about this multiple times, is that I, I want 
my assistant coaches to, to get the, the, the notice and to be in the mix for these jobs because it means that we're doing the right thing. Plus, he also knows that every coach wants the opportunity to further their career and ultimately be a head coach, just like he did. So he wants them to have all of these opportunities. So certainly, after a year like this, um, there absolutely is a chance that, that some of the coaches may not be back because they may get other opportunities because of this season. Yeah, this was too good of a year to keep the entire staff. It really was. I think there will be multiple guys gone. That's not because we don't want them. That's just because they can get paid more elsewhere. We saw this with A.J. Stewart after a 7-6 and six season to Arizona, although his job's in jeopardy since Kevin Sublin was fired, but that's the nature of the biz. It's interesting to see those who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and who are not, sometimes it's treated like, uh, and even, frankly, even jobs of BYU, treated like it's a calling, like it's a thing you have for a long time. And then certain people get on scholarly, get a little stale. I'm not talking coaching staff per se. I'm talking even employees, teachers, whatever. We all do it. I, we're, we're two of these people. You got to be aware to keep it fresh and stay with a sense of urgency, right? And, and with the guys that aren't members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's a, it's a job that they're going to bounce from at some point to hopefully a better one. So if you're Jeff Grimes and you're the OC at BYU and you're making what you make, you can get a power five job as an OC, you're going to make better money. You're going to make, you know, almost a mill, if not a mill, where you're not going to make a mill as the OC at BYU. So I, I wouldn't fault a guy like Jeff Grimes if he gets an opportunity like that. In fact, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get a massive opportunity, given the way that Zach Wilson played and the BYU offense. And I w- wouldn't be shocked if, if Jeff Grimes left, that Eric Mateos follows. I think BYU needs to be very vigilant to – uh, pay its assistance that they really, really want to keep. Um, I would think that uh, all of them have tremendous value, but ones that stick out in particular are Aaron Roderick and Festus Satake. Like what they did this year, it, people don't really know this. Festus Satake is also like the second quarterback's coach. So Aaron Roderick is the quarterback's coach. He's calling the plays with Jeff Grimes. But Festus Satake is the guy that Zach Wilson talks to first when he comes off the sideline to. Not many people realize this. Fessy is a massive part of the offense, too. He does way more than the average wide receivers coach does. But everyone play, uh, did well. Elijah Tuiaki, listen, um, I don't think he's in a position where he's going to bounce to take another job, but he did an amazing job this year. BYU's a top-five scoring defense, which I've been, like, screaming from this Rammy Umpton for, like, a, a week and a half now. Um, what BYU did was pretty special um, this year. So be mindful that multiple assistants might get plucked. And I think it's important, Jason, that – Guys do. I think if you keep the whole coaching staff, that's simply not a good sign. I think you need to have guys bouncing and shuffling in and out. Get some fresh perspective, fresh water. I think it needs to be more like a river than a stale lake, right? Well, and like I said, I mean, this is this means that your program is successful. When other programs see yeah. what you're doing and say, hey, I like what I see from BYU – Who's, who's handling that? Who's the one in charge? Oh, oh, maybe we should give this guy a look. I, that's fantastic for BYU. And look, and, and there's a history of this as well. I mean, how many times during Lavelle's career did he have assistants that ultimately went on? Whether they were whether they were coordinators or you know just assistants, you know, position coaches that had opportunities. I mean, we know back in the day, Mike Holmgren, guys like that. You know, Andy Reid that had opportunities to, to go on, that's what you're in this business to do. It's, it's what you're in any business to do is to progress. And if there's opportunities for any of the coaches, you know, Kalani Satake is not going to stand in their way. And this, this, is, this is the profession they've chosen, and they know that this is part of it. 
I wonder when Bronco, yeah, because Bronco Mendenhall is like coaching tree. I'm talking FBS head coaches. There hasn't been one, right, um, from Bronco off the top of my head. Maybe there has been, and I'm mistaken. But at some point, Kalani Sitake is going to have this too, where maybe Jeff Grimes has a, a group five head coaching job at some point or something, right? Maybe even power five, who knows? But I, I'm excited to see where this goes because, yes, this isn't a calling in the church. And no one's raising their hand to sustain you here. This is a job. So you need to perform your job well. And if you do, maybe you get something better somewhere else. Maybe you get a raise here. Or maybe you just move on, right? Um, I, I think it's important to have new ideas and new people occasionally. At the, in any business, any successful business, you need that, right? Our question of the day, what would be your biggest selling point to Zach Wilson to convince him to return to BYU for one more season? Let's get to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response from Christian Williams on Twitter. Become a college legend, a Heisman, keep developing, beat Utah, play with little play with little brother. I'm obviously happy for him if he goes to the NFL, been a great player and example for BYU. That would be that would be my selling point. Just come back and beat Utah. Just can you can you play just the one game and then you can go? Can you like put it on hold for one game? It didn't matter for Taysom Hill, right? Yeah. Uh, and isn't that weird? Because BYU hasn't beaten Utah since 09, all these dudes, Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and Zach Wilson, and yeah, none of them beat Utah. But uh, this would have been the year, right? Absolutely. This would have been the year. Oh, man. Okay, keep the, uh, keep the response coming on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More of those coming up. Uh, will BYU be looking for a new offensive coordinator next season? We'll discuss some more. Yeah, but next, BYU Hoops assistant Cody Feger helps us look ahead to the conference basketball season. This is BYU Sports Nation. Look, there he is. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch BYU Basketball with Mark Pope today following BYU Sports Nation. Mark Pope gives gifts, makes fun of Spencer, discusses the start of conference play Thursday, plus the debut of Jesse Wade's Deep Blue and why Trevin Nell is the ladies' man on the team. We learned a lot. It's coming up after us. Yeah, we are live in Studio B and live from the Vegas area. Welcome back into BYU Sports Nation. We are your day-to-day play-by-play. I'm Jason Shepard alongside Jerem Jordan. And joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom, he is Cody Feger, BYU basketball Feeg. assistant coach. Cody, how's it going, man? Going really well. You know, had a good Christmas and uh, excited to get going in the conference here. But, yeah, everything's going really well. As somebody like you who clearly has everything you could ever want, what did you ask for for Christmas, by the way? <laughs> um, to spend time with the family, and it was awesome. Got got a couple days. Um, you know, got the 24th, 25th, 26th. We had a little night practice, but it was awesome. A uh, couple days with the family, and nothing's better than seeing your kids open presents on Christmas Day. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's awesome, it's, especially when they're little, right? Uh, it, it's so fun. And you guys had this eight-day break, Cody, that was kind of unique. Um, and you guys had been just hustling, hustling, hustling for for like a month straight, getting those eleven games in. Um, what was it like to have a little bit of a break? Because that was well deserved. It was, it was well needed, and it was it was awesome. Um, the guys, you know, we we practiced, you know, this Monday and Tuesday, and they looked a little bit more refreshed and feeling feeling ready to jump into this Pepperdine game. But um, 
that those uh, 11 games back to back to back, it's, you know, we, we probably had four or five total practices during that time. So it was good to get a little break. Staying with the gift theme, is it safe to say that the play of Alex Barcelo has been a nice gift before Christmas? I mean, Cody, the guy's just been unbelievable. How much of what we're seeing from him did you guys see in the offseason leading into the year? Um, well, honestly, we saw a little of it when he was planning on redshirting um, his junior. This was last year, right? Last year. He was planning on redshirting that year. Um, so he'd be going against... Uh, the starting five every single day. And there was days where no one could stop him. Um, and then he became eligible and, and um, you know, he is where he is right now. But this off season, uh, he just stepped into a big time leadership role. I mean, he was calling his teammates, texting them every single day, um, checking in with them, uh, just taking that leadership role on, um, wanting to watch film every day and talk about basketball every single day. Um, as soon as all the guys got back from uh, back back on campus from all the COVID stuff, he was relentless talking about it every single day. He, he just cares so much, wants to win so bad. And um, uh, we, we saw it all day uh, when, when the guys got back on campus. And um, this this preseason, this fall preseason, they were unbelievable. It's pretty awesome to see because here he is a two-time state player of the year in Arizona. Everyone knows he's legit. He goes with the Wildcats, which was a natural fit, but it ends up being this kind of he was pressured into it situation. It didn't work out. This has been the perfect fit. And then he evolves from uh, a nine point a game guy to an 18 point a game guy. And right now on the 180 shooting scale, he's a 195, which is just bonkers. So how did he go from nine point a game role player starter to all American status right now? Uh, he works every single day, you know, um, it, it's, it's amazing, you know, uh, during the two days, you know, he's up at four thirty in the morning and he's coming over to the gym early, um, working on his perfecting his craft, everything, but, but the guy's relentless on the film room and, um, and on the court and with his teammates and he's got everyone's trust. Everyone believes in him. Everyone wants him to be great. Um, just cause he pushes everyone so, so much. And, um, it's been, uh, it's been incredible to watch, but what, what he does is he just, he makes the simple play every single possession. Um, and that's why he is where he is right now. You know, he doesn't try to do anything crazy or, outside of his game. He just tries to make the simple play and tries to make his teammates better. And him, by making his teammates better, he gets the biggest payoff at the end of the day. Coach, how aware are you guys of the perception of the team? And it's kind of strange this year because CBS Sports has you guys ranked as high as 18th. Ken Palm, you're 67th. I mean, that's obviously, that's, that's a big difference between 18 and 67. How aware are you of the perception of the team? And does it matter to oh, we, you? It it um, we try to block it out, but we think about it every day. You know, we look at it every day. We want to be, you know, one of the best teams in the country, and you know, we're we're like Ken Palm. What is going on? Right, got us at sixty seven. <laughs> so you know, we've. Uh, made a couple calls to Ken Palm and trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> I love the fact that you're admitting that you guys pay attention to that because so often we get kind of the standard yeah. answer. Oh, we don't, we don't worry about, it. I love that you said, yeah, we pay attention to that. It means something to us. I think that's great. 
yeah, we, we want to be the best, you know, we want that. And, um, um, seeing that really, you know, irritates us and that fires us, fires us up even more as a team and as a staff. And, you know, we want to, we want to be the best. Do we have an answer as to why it's 67? I know his metrics are, are based on efficiency, <laughs> meaning points scored and points allowed per 100 possessions. But what, what's the answer there? Um, a lot of it's, you know, with how much we lost last year. So, so that's, there, that's in there somewhere. I mean, there's so many things that don't make sense to me that I'm just like, all right, well, we're just going to keep on doing the best we can. And hopefully these numbers keep on climbing up because I think we started in the nineties and now it's, now it's down to 67 today. I actually just looked at it right before we, um, I jumped on this thing here. Um, it's it's all over the place. I mean, and that might have yeah, been they're... Ken Palm texting you about this. <laughs> <laughs> He's going, "Hey, what the heck?" I thought we talked about it. I, I want to ask you this. So nine and two, they tremendous. You guys have some really nice wins there. Do you feel like? And obviously, there's a lot of work to do in conference play to put yourself in a position for an at large. Should you not win the tournament, right? Um, do you feel like nine and two was? you know, close to as good as you could have been. I know you guys are competitive. You want to be 11 and 0, you want to be 10 and one or whatever, but nine and two felt like it was pretty good. Did you feel like in the abbreviated non-conference that that was uh, a very good showing for this group? Yeah, it was with, with everything going on. I mean, you know, we didn't know who we were playing day to day. I mean, we found out we were playing St. John's, you know, I think it was Monday and we played them on Wednesday. Um, And we were already in Connecticut. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're happy with it. Like you said, we're, we're obviously want to be 11 and 0, um, but we're really happy with how hard our guys battled and how, um, you know, coachable they are. And, uh, it's a really fun group to be around and, um, you know, we're, we're happy where we are right now and we're just hoping on getting better every single day. Before we get into the specific matchup with Pepperdine tomorrow, I do want to ask you a big-picture conference question. And obviously I'm asking this knowing that Gonzaga is at the top of college basketball right now. How good do you expect the conference as a whole to be this year? From top to bottom, I think everyone's better this year. Like right now, I think there's five or six teams in our league in the top 100 in Ken Palm, which has never happened. And there's only one, one team in the, in the 200. So usually there's, you know, a couple teams in the 200s and there's like, you know, six teams in the, in the, in the 100s, but there's, there hasn't been this many top teams in the top 100. So it's going to be a, it's a heck of a, um, you know, league and it's going to be the, you know, from my, my standpoint, probably the best it's ever been, um, the whole league, uh, you know, as, as a whole. And that's exciting news because it certainly helps the net, right? And it certainly helps the opportunity to get into the NCAA tournament, which this year is going to be interesting. Fewer games, fewer opportunities to look good or get notable wins. So 9-2, and two, sitting good. But uh, conference play obviously starts uh, tomorrow uh, at Pepperdine. You guys leave today, I assume. Uh, to go play the waves there and then at San Diego. So give us the breakdown of, of Pepperdine, because this is a team that can give you problems in a hurry led by Colby Ross. Yeah, Colby Ross is so dynamic. He can he can do everything. Um, they're saying um, before the season started, they're saying he's the best point guard in the Western United States, and he can do this, he can do that. He is a problem. He can. Uh, he's a high IQ offensive player. 
um, really competes defensively. Um, so we're going to have our hands full with him. And then they're starting four who gave us problems at their place last year, Kessler Edwards. Um, he, he's a pro. He, he's a heck of a player. I mean, he almost beat San Diego State um, by himself this year, hitting five threes in the first half, six total for the game, and he is he is a problem. And they got their fours and fives can all shoot. Um, their wings um, really defend and play hard and back cut and make the right play. And um, like you said, it all starts kind of with that point guard, Colby Ross and Kessler Edwards. We're going to have to, you know, keep them under wraps and kind of take care of business with those two guys and, um, and really have to crash the offensive glass. Um, it's going to be a heck of a game. It's going to be a heck of a matchup. And it's, it's a, it's a tough gym, you know, it's kind of like a trap game. Um, cause they play so well in there and, um, our, our guys need to show up, be ready to go. All right. Let's end with this question. So your Packers versus Jerem Seahawks NFC championship game at Lambeau who wins. And then the winner of that can either of them beat my chiefs. Um, I'm, you know, I've only been really, you know, kind of cocky going into one game. And that was when we played the Seahawks. I think it was back in 2014 in the playoffs and we were just, drilling them we were up what jerem do you remember we were up like 12 with like four minutes to go it was nerve-wracking and i was like all right that's the first time where i'm like all right we're gonna win this game we're going to the super bowl like i was so happy <laughs> and we ended up losing we fumble we yep. do this we do we end up losing overtime. yeah yeah since then i've never you know said oh packers are gonna do this and that i'm just taking a step back and saying the Seahawks are really good, and I hope we get them in the playoffs. And, and you know, I'm excited about the game. Um, but you guys are playing really well right now. The Seahawks have been playing really well. And then, obviously, Mahomes and the Chiefs, we want to get back. To, I think it was Super Bowl One is the last time we played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can re- recreate that and, you know, win that one too. But, you know, we, we got us three right now. We're, we're pretty lucky our teams are playing really well. Yeah, no question about it. A lot, of, a lot of good football being played amongst our NFL teams. Cody, great stuff. Uh, safe travels to Malibu. Enjoy uh, the Southern California weather, and uh, good luck against the waves. We'll give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thank you, guys. You bet. That's Cody Feger on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. And Jeremy, he's right. Like, we're extremely lucky with our NFL teams right now. There's a lot of good football being played right now. Oh, and watching BYU football, watching BYU basketball. Listen, everything's great right now. I love that they actually reach out to Ken Palm. <laughs> I, I love that. Like, what's up? I love that they're aware of it. He, he, and he even oh. said, we checked right, I checked right before I started this interview. I love that they admit that it does matter to them because we know yes, it does. Per- perception matters too so when the committee gets into the room and they're talking about byu and they see 67 immediately they're like ah well i don't know if BYU is that good it's like whoa 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 BYU is nine and two they have good wins uh they have a great win at san diego state come on so uh, yeah it's numbers based it's i don't know what's going on with kimpom maybe we need to get him on and talk to him ourselves he's just okay, up in salt up. lake we might as well just yeah, drive up and get him what the heck Kenneth Pomeroy, coming up our uh, West Coast Conference projections for Player of the Year, all West Coast Conference teams, Coach of the Year, and more. And who will be the BYU Offensive Coordinator next season? Hmm. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU Women's Hoops looks to move to 6-1 and one on the season as they host Santa Clara today. Coverage begins at 4 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Jason Shepard. And this is BYU Sports Nation. And before we get to the Cougar Whip Around, how about some news? A BYU junior makes it official. He's going to the NFL. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. Left tackle Brady Christensen makes it official. He tweeted a moment ago, thank you, BYU. After much thought and prayer, I'm proud to announce that I've decided to declare for the 2021 NFL draft. I am ready to fulfill my dream of playing in the NFL. My decision is bittersweet because I must leave my teammates, coaches, and friends at BYU. I'm going to add in and BYU Sports Nation. My time at BYU has been nothing short of amazing. Thank you, Cougar Nation. I'm so grateful for all the great coaches that have mentored me up to this point. I want to thank my amazing teammates. And I'm grateful for the friendships that will last a lifetime. I want to thank my beautiful wife and family for their unwavering support. No matter where this journey takes me, I will always be a BYU Cougar. So Brady Christensen leaving. Um, highest graded left tackle in football. First team All-American by almost everyone. Not a shocker. This yeah. is a great move for him. He's not been projected as a first-round guy per se. I think he's probably a day-two guy, meaning second or third round. But that's a tremendous opportunity. He's going to make a lot of money for his family, and uh, I think this is the right time for him. Yeah, th- like you mentioned, this is not a, a shock. This is what we certainly expected. Cer- mostly, not just because of what we saw. I mean, you can obviously certainly pass the eye test. I know that's the cliche term. I mean, he was dominant. But then when you have all of all of the metrics that grade him out as, as high as, as he was this season, you knew it's very similar to what Zach Wilson, when we were talking about striking while the iron is hot, that's certainly a yeah. situation that we all expected and could not be happier for for Brady I mean this is had a chance to interview him and talk to him several times and super nice guy and really look forward to seeing what he can do in the NFL and again return missionary so he's added two years to his clock like he's been five years out of high school he's got to go and he was graded way too high and because BYU had a great season and he was good those two things helped each other right the synergy there so yeah awesome I'm telling you there's going to be an exodus of talent from this team but it's worth it because BYU went 11 and one. They're going to finish in the top 12 in the AP poll. And that's what happens. You can't maintain that forever at a program that's not named Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. You know what I mean? It's just hard. So this was a fun year, but this is the cost of business. Yeah, this, this is what you want. You want guys to go to the NFL and then the guys that come in to replace them. Eventually they go to the NFL. That's the goal. Now, it doesn't always happen that way, but that's what you're trying to do here. You're trying to have talent in the program that year after year you're putting guys in the pros, and that means that your football program had a really good season for the most part and has the talent in it to play at the next level. This is this is not a bad thing for BYU at all. All right, so congratulations to Brady Christensen. Now we get to the Cougar Whip Around. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, Jerem, the vacant LSU OC job, we referenced this a little bit earlier, uh, is the latest position that Jeff Grimes finds his name associated with. Who will be the BYU offensive coordinator next season? I mean, it still could be Jeff Grimes, uh, but if it's not, then it will be Aaron Roderick. Uh, just mark it down. If it's if Jeff Grimes goes somewhere else, A-Rod's going to be the OC. Yeah, I mean, right now, until Jeff goes, I mean, it's it's hard to, to say it's anybody other than Jeff, but I'm with you. With Jeff's name being mentioned um, 
for these vacancies as often as it is. It, it, you know, it certainly seems like there's a at least 50-50 chance that he's, he's not back next year. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. If it's not Jeff, it's going to be Aaron. But right now, you know, until something happens, it's Jeff Grimes. Okay, better be why hoops cooking appliance nickname. Spencer Johnson Instapot, which is one I came up with. Or Trevenel Crockpot, which Caleb Lohner explains now. The gym was like freezing, like so cold. And Trevin just started knocking down like shots after shot. And so I looked at Trev, I was like, dude, I'm gonna start calling you the Crockpot because like you stay warm, like you stay heated up. Uh, <laughs> which one's better? Uh, can I say neither? Like, first of all, I'm not down with the Instapot. <laughs> Uh, oh, come on. He got one for Christmas. I know. I know. I saw that. But Look, and I enjoy a crock pot and all of the delicious food that it brings us. I just can't. I'm sorry. I, I can't get behind either. It takes either. like eight hours. No, even on high, it's four. So, no, Instapot's better because it's like right now, fast. Let's go. Okay, coming up, big deal, no deal. Greg Rubel taking one for the team last night. And our West Coast Conference projections. How many Cougars do we think? We'll make all West Coast Conference. This is BYU Let's Sports go. Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU and Pepperdine to open WCC play on BYU Radio tomorrow. Alex Marcello shooting that from NBA range. Look at that. Cougar pregame live, 6 Eastern, then 7 Eastern. Allegedly, allegedly, uh, Jason Shepard's involved. And I'm pretty sure that Riley Nelson and Mitchell Jurgens will not be involved. I was going to say, so are we rubbing it in so bad now that we're using the football picture to promote the basketball Cougar pregame live, which Mitch Our graphics team is brutal. we have nothing to do with. The graphics team is like, take that, you're Jason. Like, you're like, you're like, wow, it's come to that. Okay, all right, I see it. What I'm going to do now, every time I know that that picture's coming up, I'm just going to hold up the actual picture that I have on my phone that has us all included. No one no one cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. All right, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Live from Studio B. I'm live in Studio B. Uh, Jerem is live from Summerlin, Nevada, apparently hanging out in some guy's mansion, which is pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, it's nice, dude. It's nice. Mitch, big BYU fan. <laughs> All right, so uh, tomorrow, BYU begins its West Coast Conference season, and we are going to try to project or predict our WCC postseason awards today. We're this looking to be the, spot on. What are you yeah, talking We're looking about? into the future, Conan, all the way into the year 2021 uh, for our West Coast Conference postseason awards presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. All right, Jeremy, you lead us off. Okay, we mostly agree. Let's go. Coach of the Year, a.k.a. the Mark Few Award. We'll go to... Mark, Mark Few. Few. Yeah, we're going to give it to they're Mark the Few. They're the number one team in the country. I don't think they're going to lose until the tourney. I really don't. I, I, maybe if you already picks them off once, that'd be fun again. You're talking about a team that legitimately could win the national championship this year. So Yeah. yeah. They're, they've beaten so many good teams. I was hoping they'd play Baylor, but that got canceled due to COVID. So, yeah, the Mark Few Award is going to go to Mark Few. Yeah, funny enough. All right, our player of the year. Last year, Philip Petrushev. Uh, Jerem, who do you got? Uh, Corey Kispert, he's leading the league in scoring right now. This is going to be based off of conference stats, but 21 a game. He's shooting 62%, by the way. He's having an Alex Barcelo-like yeah. 
season, but on a tough with a tougher schedule. Yeah, I it's gonna be Kispert. I I really wanted to put Alex Barcelo here because I I, I think he absolutely deserves to be in the conversation. That would be and such I think, a homer pick. I think he will be in the conversation. I think at the end yeah. of the day, though, Kispert is probably gonna win it because it's Gonzaga and they're gonna have all of the attention and they'll probably get all of the awards too. And they deserve it. If you're the number one team in yes, the country, yes. get out of here. Yeah, I, I don't want to demean what what they have have done already and what they have the potential to do. I love Gonzaga. I have no vitriol towards Gonzaga. I'm a Gonzaga basketball fan when they don't play BYU. Absolutely. Who will be the defensive player of the year, Jason? This one was probably my most difficult one to come up with, uh, and this may come across as uh, as a homer pick, too. I'm, I'm going to give it to Matt Harms. Why not go with the 7-3 guy, okay? So I'm going to give it to Matt yeah. Harms. Okay, yeah, I go Jalen Suggs, the freshman guard from Gonzaga, who's a fi- like a five-star top 10 guy. 2.6 steals a game right now, massive number. He could win on that. Uh, he's missed the last two games with a lower leg injury, though, so hopefully he's back soon. All right, and our WCC Newcomer of the Year may sound like a familiar name because he was just mentioned. Jalen yeah, Suggs. Jalen Suggs. Yeah. They, they, like, like, put this in Sharpie right now. This is happening. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, no one else is going to win this. This is, this is a done deal. He, like, if Suggs returns... He's got a shot to literally win player of the year, defense player of the year, newcomer of the year. Maybe even coach of the year. He could be the coach of the year, Jason. That'd be incredible. All right. All all WCC WCC. team. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There's 10 dudes. The league does 10. They don't do five and five. So here's what we've got. And we came up with this joint. Uh, Corey Kispert, Jalen Suggs, Drew Timmy, Joel Ayayi from Gonzaga. Then Alex Barcelo of BYU we threw on there. That's a lone coup. Colby Ross and Kessler Pepperdine uh, Edwards from Pepperdine. Eli Scott of LMU, Jamari Bouye of San Francisco, and then Tommy Cousy St. Mary's. There might be multiple St. Mary's guys on there, but right now only Tommy Cousy really feels like a first-team potential guy. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm, And this is guaranteed to have like two or three off yeah. at least. Uh, but it, it's hard to go wrong with like four Gonzaga dudes. We could have put like seven. <laughs> well, and I, and I think, I think put four. what you just mentioned, there may be some fluctuation on, on a couple, but I think we're pretty solid on at least seven or eight of these picks. I think that's the way yeah, it will I, ultimately play out. I, I'm excited to see how it plays out. And again, people forget this at the end of the year, Jason. Conference play only is what goes into these conference awards. It has nothing to do with non-conference. L- literally nothing. They can only base it off of conference play. All right, what's coming okay, up? Coming up. We will play some big deal. No, dude, Gregor Bell taking one for the team last night on the poker. And did Isaac Rex get snubbed from first-team freshman All-American? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the pod, just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, review, and rate. I love when you uh, hip it up and just call it a pod. Sound very hip. All right, big deal, no deal time presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. We bring in one Ben Bagley. Ben, take it away. Big deal, no deal. We'll start it right here. Big deal, no deal. Isaac Rex, not named first team freshman All-American by The Athletic. He was on the second team. Uh, I will say, I'll say no deal. I think a case could certainly be made he deserved 
But the fact that he's on the on in you know an all American freshman all American, he made second team. I'm willing to let it slide, but a case could be made that he was first team uh, freshman all American. But I'll, I'll say no deal. The first teamer is Michael Mayer of Notre Dame, who is a five star. Now he's on an undefeated team in the playoffs, so naturally he's going to get a little more love there. But Rex's numbers were better and really yeah. good. But again, if BYU is undefeated, Rex is probably a first teamer. It all comes down to that one yard. Uh, big deal, no deal. Greg Rubel taking one for the team last night on BYU basketball with Mark Pope. Okay, in case you missed it, which I even did, uh, so I'm excited to watch this. Uh, Mark Pope showed up to last night's show with a gift for Greg and I that uh, Greg and I didn't know about. Here it is. This is this is this yeah. is Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. And I'm going to leave this. I'm going to set this aside for for Jerem. I'm just. And, I love Christmas. And, and I can give you my iPhone or my iPad or my ID card. You didn't get me a gift. I, I, I said it's, it's uh, Amazon's got it late uh, to me. You'll get it at Pepperdine. I can't and the holiday believe season, it. The holiday season lasts till the end of the calendar year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the gift was. For the record, Greg didn't give me my Christmas gift either. Oh, well, now it's just getting weird. Uh, I go big deal. Greg covered well. He normally does. Greg's always on it. Greg can, can handle any situation. Great job. Yeah. That's, a big, that's a big deal. Well, well done, Greg Rubel. Yeah. Big deal, no deal, last one. Spending New Year's playing beach volleyball in Puerto Rico with friends. Okay, this is awesome. I, I posted this yesterday. Look who it is. So it's uh, Gabby Garcia Fernandez, who's Puerto Rican, with... Felipe Gibrito Fajeda, who's got like a 20-pack. And they're hanging out with former outside hitter Josue Rivera. That, this is awesome. Rivera's Puerto Rican as well. Uh, Fajeda hung out with the uh, Garcia Fernandez uh, clan over a Christmas break. So this is awesome. I think this is a big deal. This is super cool to see the former Cougs hanging out with the current Cougs in Puerto Rico. Yeah, it's a big deal. It doesn't even have to be Puerto Rico. If you're playing beach volleyball anywhere, you know it's warm, so you're ahead of the game. So, yeah, big deal. Yeah, a lot of abs in that photo, by the way. Man, <laughs> a lot of abs. All right, our question of the day. What would be your biggest selling point to Zach Wilson to convince him to return to BYU for one Creamery more... milk. Yeah, for one more season. Let's get to our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Uh, we're actually, we're going to go with, uh, with two here. So, uh, Nate, oh, two. we have a co. Yeah, we got it. We got a co. We got Nate, uh, Pasket on Twitter or Pasket. However, uh, the ice cream, he won't find uh, anything better than BYU creamery ice cream. Hashtag BYUSN. Always make sure you use that. And Cameron Clark on Twitter, Cougar tails. So it's like a food theme here. I'm sensing. Yeah. These are things he's going to be able to keep he, him. He's going to be able to have enough money. He can have some cougar tails and some uh, BYU creamery ice cream uh, shipped to him. He's going to have enough money to do that. Someone said, if you want Zach Wilson to come back next year, imagine being an unpaid intern and then offered a six-figure salary (laughs) and being told, no, 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 stay with that internship. (laughs) Like He's going to have like 40 million bucks or whatever, right? Um, He's going to have generational money, which – he comes from a family that's been blessed with with that, right? Um, but uh, maybe not that much, uh, but a lot. And so this is going to be awesome. And the Wilsons work hard, and they deserve this. So can't wait for Zach to declare at some point. We Earlier, if you missed it, Brady Christensen 
uh, declared for the NFL draft. So uh, one down and a couple more to go. Okay, today's Rise and Shout Out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward, it goes to Spencer Linton, Brittany Linton, and Navy Christine Linton. We got some photos. Here they are. Um, Spencer Linton with uh, with the baby. Uh, Navy. Look at that. Again, highly nice trip to Annapolis. Looks really nice. Born <laughs> yesterday. During the show, Navy has a great sense of timing, which is awesome. So congratulations to the Lintons. And uh, last night, uh, you know, Spencer's 40 time got brought up on the Pope show as well. Here's what Mark Pope had to say about it. The, the, the word on the street now is that, Spencer, I'm so hyped for you because the word on the street is that Navy actually will be able to run a 4940, unlike her father. <laughs> so you, you, a similar joke was made, I believe, on the B, is either the BYU TV sports. Oh, or here's the, B, the run. Here it is. There it is. Look, look. Oh, they're just well, look, baggy here's, shorts. Here's one of the things. He was wearing a, a red, semi-red color, you know, short on yeah. the BYU field. That's not going to help you with your speed. What are you doing? Yeah, okay. Okay, for those who missed this, the genesis of this was Harvey Unger ran a 4940. Uh, and Smith said, oh, I, I, could, I could run a 4940. I was like, you think you're faster than Harvey Unger? And he's like, well, maybe not, but I, I can do a sub five. You know, I can do a four nine. And I was like, oh, okay, let's actually do it. So then uh, we, we, we ran it. And what was it again? It was like five one or five three. Yeah, I don't remember specifically, it, but it was over it five. It was five three. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Tom Brady like um, performance at the combine, but uh, Spencer's got that dad strength now. Yes, he does. Yes, the the four exciting. children dad strength. He could like lift. You're halfway car there, Jerem. Needed to like all that. Yeah, yeah. you're halfway there, Jerem. I've got four. He's got four. You've only got two. So maybe one more. All right. Our thanks to today's guest, Cody Feger. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Started Dennis Pitta. Ran out of time. Conversation continues twenty four seven on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I'm Jason. Shout out to Steve Craig. We'll see you today, 4 Eastern, for BYU Women's Hoops on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Go Cougs!